0: here's what Jesus had to say about your worldview worldview is this uh, thing the way you see the lens you see the world and everybody has one it is developed through your the way you grew up it's developed through the culture that you are surrounded by immediately it's developed by the culture that surrounded you broadly we all have this lens called a worldview through which we interpret things through which we see the world and so the question is not, do you have a worldview? The question is, is your worldview good? How clear is that lens through which you see the world and interpret the world? And when we then turn to Jesus, there's a, there's a story and a question, well, how does Jesus and following Jesus and, and the things in the Bible, how does that relate to this idea of us having a worldview based on the things that have happened around us, our personal experiences and our culture? Well, thankfully, a bit happened to Jesus' life that perfectly explained and gave Jesus the chance to address what he thinks about this idea of us having worldviews, and that happens in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Uh, Essentially, what happens in this passage is that it says in verse 18, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came and said to Jesus, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the pharisees fast but your disciples don't fast and then jesus said to him while the bridegroom is with them the attendant of the bridegroom cannot fast can they as long as they have the bridegroom with them they cannot fast but the day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast on that day so these pharisees were under this week called a worldview called the old covenant and the old testament uh, essentially, that meant that not only they followed the Old Testament, but the Pharisees in particular also had all of these human traditions they added to it that they said you had to follow and they said that you had to believe. And that was the way they viewed life. And one of those was the requirements on fasting, that you had to have periods of time when you didn't eat. And even though John's disciples, referring to John the Baptist, uh, weren't as... Along as the Pharisees were, they were still under this concept, this Old Testament covenant, uh, because the new covenant hadn't come yet. And so they noticed one day that Jesus' disciples don't fast like the Pharisees are doing and like John's disciples are doing. And they come and ask Jesus and say, I don't understand. Why is it that your followers are not doing like we do? And Jesus tells them, Well, it's like when people are at a wedding, you know, you don't fast, you don't not eat, you don't not celebrate when you're with the bridegroom, when you're with the groom at a, at a wedding ceremony. No, that's the time for feasting, that's the time for partying. But after the wedding, after it's over and the bridegroom is gone, then might come the time for you can fast. Then the celebrations, so much is over. And it's interesting because this is one of the references that he's actually talking about his death. He's saying eventually, you know, Jesus, if he's the bridegroom, he's saying there's going to be a time when I'm no longer going to be with my followers. So he kind of addresses this issue and basically says, hey, fasting's good, but it has to come at the appropriate time. And when you're with Jesus, there's no need to fast because you're physically with Jesus. Once he leaves, then that uh, practice of fasting can come back into play. But verses 21 through 22 he really nails down to what their real issue is because their real issue is not fasting and the fact that they are should or shouldn't be fasting their real issue is that they had a view of what the world should be and they were trying to force jesus to move into what they think the world should look like and what they think is right, what they think they should do. And so Jesus addresses their immediate question, but then he dives into the real issue at heart in verses 21 through 22. And he says, No one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment, otherwise the patch pulls away from it, and new, and the new from the old and the worse tear results. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, the wine is lost and the skins as well but one puts new wine with fresh wine skins of course he's giving these pictures of one of a uh, picture of garments that you have a a garment that's old and worn out he says hey you you don't put a patch that's un untr- that's unshrunken uh, a new patch on this unshrunkling cloth because when you try to apply something new to something old all it does is tear and cause more problems and mess up the old And then he says the same thing basically with wineskins. What they did is they had these wineskins that were usually made from animal parts. And when they were new, they hadn't expanded yet. And that was good because when you put wine in these wineskins, as the wine got older, it was ferment and it would expand and it would put out gases and that animal wineskin would begin to bloat and get larger uh, to accommodate that. But if you then emptied out the wineskin and you put more new wine in that old wineskin, then when that wine began to expand and begin to ferment and the gas would begin to spread, the wineskin would get to where it couldn't go any further because it had already expanded and so it would break. And he's saying with both of these, you can't take what's new and try to force it into something that's old. If you have something new, you have to see it and accommodate and accept it as being new. You see, like I said, we all have these worldviews we have in our minds that are have been affected by how we grew up. And it's the way we interpret what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what we should say and what we shouldn't say, how how the world should work. And the problem comes that sometimes we don't have a worldview that really aligns well to reality. A worldview is not truth. A worldview is how you see truth and how clearly you see truth can change. So you have a bad worldview that doesn't see the world truthfully. And so Jesus says what happens when we come to him is sometimes we take these worldviews that we already have, these thoughts on what should already happen, and we try to force Jesus so that he begins to say and do exactly what we think he says, should say, what we think he should do. And what the way that Jesus wants for us, we try to make him force what we want for us. And Jesus says it doesn't work that way with him. He says if you try to force Jesus to fit into your own little box, then all he's going to do is just break your little box. And you see that with people because you can go... You know, I follow Jesus, but why does Jesus, why does the Bible say that? Just Jesus, the Bible, why does the Bible say that? Why does the Bible want that from us? You know, I can't, I can't believe the Bible would say that. I, can't, I have a hard time following that. I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time trusting that that's true. And all that is, is us struggling because we're trying to fit Jesus into our old wineskins, our old worldviews. So when we come to Jesus, the reality is that Jesus doesn't want us to try to connect him and attach him to what we already want and what we already believe and what we already desire. He wants something new from us. He wants us to not make him an attachment to our lives, but for us to make him the center of our lives and then for us to build our new worldview around what the Bible says. So Jesus didn't just die to forgive us of our sins. He died on the cross certainly to forgive us of our sins, but he also died on the cross to give us a better way of looking at life. And it's a way that's centered around the Bible and around Jesus Christ. And when we center that and make him the center of our lives and make God's word the center of our lives, then instead of seeing that tearing and that breaking and that pulling apart and that cognitive dissonance in our heads we begin to see reality more clearly so that means first you know what about you have you accepted faith in Jesus Christ have you surrendered your life to him and then if you have have you been trying to just add Jesus on or trying to force Jesus to do what you want to do or are you actually basing your life and making him the starting point in the center first and building everything you believe and do around him instead of the other way around that's the challenges for you today.